there had been abuse in my family, uh, but it was mostly musical in nature. Are you ready to get your world rocked? Ready! Are you ready to get your mind blown? Do it! One, two, three, four! Over 100,000 albums are released every year, but only a few of those broach the mainstream. Today, we try to rectify that. We've unearthed a new batch of buried treasures that deserve your attention. I'm Greg Cott of the Chicago Tribune. And I'm Jim DeRogatis of Vocalo.org. Stay tuned for Buried Treasures and a review of the new pornographers today on Sound Opinions. From WBEZ Chicago and American Public Media, you're listening to Sound Opinions, and time now for some music news. It was only five months ago that Apple bought the startup Lala Online Music Service, fueling speculation that the maker of the iPod and now the iPad was going to launch a new web-based version of iTunes. Now comes the news that Apple is shutting down Lala.com. It's not really clear what Apple is up to in pulling the plug on this thing that they just spent a lot of money on. The company is believed to have been sold for about $80 million in December. Not an insignificant amount of change. Why do you buy something and close it five months later after spending that kind of coin? Yeah, it's a streaming service that I think was a valuable tool. But it may have become outmoded, or at least it will be in Apple's consideration. What we're looking at here, Jim, is a shift in the business model from a hard drive-based Internet to a cloud-based Internet. In other words, all that information that we're seeking from the net is going to be available in the cloud, the digital cloud above us, and you're only going to need your iPhone to access it. So the idea here is this uh, concept of what Sandy Perlman, the former music producer, has called the paradise of infinite storage. You'll have all these songs available to you anytime, anywhere you want them on your handheld portable device. So who knows? Is that what they're looking at? Knowing Steve Jobs, chances are he's looking five years ahead instead of five years behind. Some people are saying that Apple bought Lala just to put it out of business and to eliminate a future competitor. Apple spokesperson Jason Roth declined to comment. Oh, that takes me back, Greg Cott. I know I've told you this story. I'm going to tell it to you again. <laughs> it was a young Jim DeRogatis in <laughs> high school in Jersey City. Got to see one of the handful of live shows of The Wall that Pink Floyd did 30 years ago. 
uh, was tremendous. They did it in London, they did it at the Nassau Coliseum in Long Island, and they did it in Los Angeles only a few times, and that was it, right? right? I was such a Pink Floyd fan. Now, this summer, Roger Waters, the bassist, lyricist, one of the vocalists of Pink Floyd, some would say the brains of Pink Floyd, is touring the wall to celebrate its 30th anniversary. Waters has just said in an interview, rare interview, he doesn't do many, with the Associated Press, that David Gilmour, the guitarist, many would say the heart of Pink Floyd, was invited to partake in a Pink Floyd reunion celebrating the anniversary of the wall. And, quote, says Roger, David is completely uninterested. After Pink Floyd's reunion at Live 8, I could have probably gone for doing some more stuff, but he's not interested. These two have had one of the ugliest divorces in rock history. Pink Floyd, a band that was never about personality. They were always kind of faceless. Right. You know, one of the greatest bands in rock for 35 or 40 years. It was never about the personalities. It was about the music. And then these guys break up and they just were have been firing barbs at each other nonstop for the last two decades. And it's a sad and ugly ending. I don't think Roger Waters should be touring the wall. As much as I love that album, as much as I love Pink Floyd, I don't think he should be doing it without the other guys. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there really could be a Pink Floyd reunion anymore because Rick Wright, the keyboardist, is dead. To say nothing of Sid Barrett, the founder of the band, especially when you consider $250 a ticket. That's unreal. Whoa. I got a feeling that tonight's gonna be a good night. That tonight's gonna be a good night That tonight's gonna be a good, good night I feel it That tonight's gonna be a good night That tonight's gonna be a good night That tonight's gonna be a good, good night I feel it That is a song that everybody in the world, I think, has heard at this point, Jim. I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed Peas. You know, there's this theory floating around in the last uh, decade or so that there are no more big bands anymore. The internet has so micro-fractured the culture that it's all about sub-genres and little cult followings and that there are going to be no more mega bands. There will never be another Beatles, another Nirvana, another NSYNC. But here we go. Black Eyed Peas have dominated pop music in the last decade, and here is the latest evidence. They've sold 5.5 million digital copies of that song, I Got a Feeling, making it the most downloaded track in history. That is just one of many accomplishments that is keeping the Black Eyed Peas at the absolute forefront of of pop culture. They were recently featured in a cover story uh, in Rolling Stone magazine, trumpeting them as the band of the moment. The band that is really transcending the culture is one of the the biggest bands in the world at this point. I would argue maybe the biggest at this point in terms of just how much they permeated all aspects of society. So you've got this evidence here that bands are still capable of breaking through in this big way and, and they're really being smart about the way they're marketing themselves. They're not only just using traditional outlets for their music, the 20th century music business. But the viral marketing of this band has been extraordinary, and they're also bleeding into commercial advertisements, soundtracks. They've got the current tour going on. They've appeared on Oprah. They're basically Oprah's house (laughs) band when she closed down Michigan Avenue last summer in Chicago. They are everywhere, and this is the way to break through to that mega audience, the Black Eyed Peas doing it in a really big way. I'm glad to hear you coming around to Will I Am as a genius. I have nothing but bad things to say about the music, but the marketing is incredible. I mean, it's clearly transcended something. Another artist who is doing it in this way is Lady Gaga, again, a viral sensation. Her videos are really good. You should check them out. Her latest is a song called Telephone, a a duet with Beyonce. She spent at least a million dollars on this video, Jim. It is a tribute 
to Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof movie, Bad Girls Gone Badder, you know, mm. uh, Bad Girls in Jail kind of movie. At the same time, an indication of how ubiquitous she is is this incredible video on a fraction of the budget that these soldiers in Afghanistan, in a war zone, the members of the 82nd Airborne Division did in tribute to the telephone video. It is extraordinary. In fact, it trumps the original video in a lot of ways. <laughs> in a few days, it got uploaded to a Facebook page by one of the soldiers, Aaron Melcher. It has now gone viral. There are well over 2.5 million views. It is so much fun to look at and so extraordinary, and yet just another notch in Lady Gaga's belt, an indication of just how far she has permeated. I don't think I've ever seen a war zone video of such magnitude. To check out this video, and I'm not talking about Gaga's telephone video, I'm talking about the one from the 82nd Airborne, go to our website, soundopinions.org. Professor, what's another word for pirate treasure? Them's my treasure, and I'm a burying them where no one will know where they're at but me. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and that music can mean only one thing. It's time for Buried Treasures. Every few months on this show, we look at some records that we've overlooked, but we feel, you know, they're just too good. We need to talk about these records. You need to hear about them. So we're going to each pick a few records of our own that uh, have passed underneath the mainstream radar, our Buried Treasures. Mr. DeRigatis, what are you going to start us off with? Greg, uh, you know, somehow or other, I don't know how, we never got around to reviewing the debut album by a London duo called The Big Pink. Yet I know both of us were excited about this record. Mm -hmm. Not a household word in, in this country, although they have been building a big buzz over the last year or so. The album came out last fall called A Brief History of Love. An interesting story. The driving force in the band is a young kid named Milo Cordell, whose father, Danny, was a legend on the uh, English music scene. In the 60s, he worked with Joe Cocker, the Moody Blues, Procol Harum, Georgie Fame. But Milo was not musical himself in terms of playing an instrument. He loved music, grew up with it, started an indie label called Maroc Records. Eventually, he started fooling around in the home studio of his good buddy, childhood friend, guitarist Robbie Furs, and began to play with electronic manipulation of sounds. Furs would make the guitar noises, and Milo Cordell would, would fool around with them. They began recording as a lark, put out a few singles in the UK. These were good enough to get them signed to the legendary English indie label 4AD. And this album, I think, is just beginning to end brilliant, A Brief History of Love. Perfect combination of that My Bloody Valentine, Spaceman 3, distorted, noisy psychedelia with, uh, you know, a very 60s kind of melodic sense, Beach Boys at time, and some very modern electronic touches. The single is called Dominoes, and it was a big hit in the underground. That's the one to play. I love the Big Pink. Here they are on Sound Opinions. Future with your case me in Swallow 
That was Domino's by The Big Pink, my first buried treasure for this show. Greg, what do you have? Good band, Jim. I'm going to pick a side project, as it were. One of our favorite bands as well, Low, from upstate Minnesota, Duluth, to be precise. band led by Alan Sparhawk and Mimi Parker, a couple who have been doing Low for the last 20 years. Low specializes in extremely quiet music. I mean, they are the masters of creating that bedroom atmosphere on a record. You feel like you're eavesdropping on the band playing. They're playing so quietly, so beautifully. Sparhawk's side project is called Retribution Gospel Choir. He took the bass player in low, Scott Garrington, and, and joined Eric Pollard on drums to create a new trio that is in many ways, the polar opposite of what Lowe is all about. This band is all about volume, volume, volume. Sparhawk gets to max out on the guitar. He, he claims that when he was 14, 15, he was a huge fan of Eddie Van Halen. Well, hmm. he, doesn't, he doesn't really get to indulge that too much in Lowe because, as I said, they're a very quiet band. But with Retribution Gospel Choir, he gets to freak out on the guitar. The other thing that's, I think, key to this band, it's not just about volume. It's not just about those guitar freakouts. It's also about the songwriting. Sparhawk's a great songwriter. So here's a track from the second Retribution Gospel Choir record. Appropriately enough, it's called Two. And the name of the track is Hide It Away on Sound Opinions.
Retribution Gospel Choir with Hide It Away, one of my buried treasures on Sound Opinions. Coming up on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and American Public Media, we're going to play more of our buried musical treasures, and later on, Jim and I are going to review the new album from Power Pop Supergroup, The New Pornographers. Welcome back to Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and American Public Media. That is a song called The Battle of Hampton Roads, at least a little small bit of it, Greg. It's 14 minutes long on the album. Mm. The album is called The Monitor, and the band is called Titus Andronicus, my next buried treasure here on this Digging Deep show. We've talked about Titus Andronicus on the show briefly before. A art punk band from Glen Rock, New Jersey, been together since 2005, really started making a lot of noise for their debut album in the last, like, two years. You know, got to play the Pitchfork Music Festival in Chicago. I hear a lot of, a kind of a combination of modern emo punk and old school art punk experimentation like Perubu mm-hmm. or a little bit of wire, you know? There's weird synthesizer and there's there's odd noises. There's a lot of artistic ambition. We're going to make a, a raucous noise, but we're going to try to do something grand with it. We're going to try to make art. You know, that can be right on the line. It can teeter mm-hmm. into, into a disaster and pretension. But Patrick Stickles, I think, on this second album falls just on the right side of the line. It's called The Monitor because it is lousy with Civil War references. Mm. The Monitor as in the ironclad ship that battled the Merrimack. You and I are both history (laughs) buffs, right? So a concept album about the Civil War that's dropping in little bits and pieces of Ken Burns-style narration of Jefferson Davis and Abraham Lincoln's speeches. Okay, we're intrigued, (laughs) but do they pull it off? 
it's a testament to Titus Andronicus' position in the underground right now that the, the guest stars include the Vivian Girls, the Hold Steady, Ponytail, some of the most buzzed bands on the East Coast are coming by. Stickles delivers the goods, takes it from, you know, really quiet and, and introspective, thoughtful stuff to a ferocious roar. Here's a song called A More Perfect Union. We bumped in with a little bit of the last track on the album. This is the first track by Titus Andronicus from The Monitor on Sound Opinions. a more perfect union from Titus Andronicus, one of Jim DeRogatis' buried treasures. Moving on here, my last group was from Minnesota. I'm going to stay in that state. A lot of good music coming out of Minnesota the last few months. And one of my favorite hip-hop records of the year so far by a woman named Dessa, A Badly Broken Code, her debut album. Some people may argue, is this really a hip-hop record? Even Dessa isn't sure. She's certainly part of that world, but she came up out of the poetry slam scene in Minneapolis. Uh, She was a philosophy major at the University of Minnesota, started out writing her own poetry. She is a published author, and then worked her way through the poetry slam scene and then into live hip-hop performance. Her album mixes all of those styles. There's a little bit of rap, a little bit of trip-hop. There's some singing on it. There's some spoken word. There's some great melodies on it. The one thing I love about it above all is the subject matter. She is addressing very personal topics in a unique way. The song I'm going to play addresses growing up with her younger brother. Typical of the album in that it is a very honest look at her own life through the prism of hip-hop and all these various other styles that she's referencing. I talked to her a few months ago, and she said, for me, the best feminism is humanism. So writing true stories for my real life isn't overtly political, but it is covertly political. It's Dessa. Her real name is Margaret Wander, and the name of the album is A Badly Broken Code. Here is Children's Work on Sound Opinions. My father was a paper plane. My mother was a windswept tree. 
My little brother's nearly twice my age. He taught me how to meditate. I taught him how to read. I grew up with a book in my bed. I got these dark circles before I turned ten. Heard my mother with her friends worry it was something she did to get such a serious kid. But I've learned how to paint my face, how to earn my keep, how to clean my kill. Some nights I still can't sleep. The past rolls back, I can see us still. You learned how to hold your own, how to stack your stones, but the history's thick. Children aren't as simple as we'd like to think. Before you came along, I was a lone cub, fell in love with language, tried to tell the grown-ups about the storm clouds, the weather in my head, hadn't heard the word for melancholy yet. Then you came in five years behind, we thought you couldn't talk, turns out you were just shy. Mom said it was serious, Dad said you'd be fine, I thought you were the prophet of 1989. You were so tender, we thought something was wrong with you, so patient, we thought that you were deaf. You were so solemn, so tiny, but so ancient, Mom took you to see doctors, you scared her half to death, and I made you a library of tiny books with spines two inches high you didn't say too much but smile taught me how to quiet down my mind now i've learned how to paint my face how to earn my keep how to clean my kill some nights i still can't sleep the past goes back i can see us still you've learned how to hold your own how to stack your stones but the history is thick children learn as simple as we'd like to Dessa, one of my buried treasures with an album called A Badly Broken Code. That's a track called Children's Work on Sound Opinions. What do you got next for us, Jim? Greg, I have a band next that I know you love and adore. I think we may have mentioned them once or twice on Sound Opinions. It's been a long time, though, and there is a new reason to do the spotlight for Galaxy 500. One of the most important bands of the indie rock 80s, I maintain. You were singing the praises mm-hmm. of Low a little earlier in this show. Low and every other band in the so-called slowcore movement. Bands that tried to make a big noise by being very quiet. Right. Bands that tried to get your heart racing by being very slow. They all owe a debt to the band Galaxy 500. Three albums in their lifetime after the group came together at Harvard. They were studying at Harvard University. Mm-hmm. Very smart band. Dean Wareham, the guitarist and vocalist. Damon and Naomi, the rhythm section. They came together at Harvard, made three records, splintered apart. Dean went on to do Luna and now Dean and Britta. Damon and Naomi went on to do Damon and Naomi have been feuding with each other or at least feeling coldly toward each other ever since. Those albums were brilliant, started a real buzz. Many other groups formed because of the noises that Galaxy 500 made, and then they went out of print. They came back, were reissued by Ryko Disc. The Ryko label went under, and then the records went out of print again. <laughs> and unbelievably, for the last five or six years, you haven't been able to really get them. Now, Damon and Naomi's own label has reissued the original three albums each paired with a second disc of outtakes and stuff from the same era. This was the same package that came out with Ryko. Really, it's the original three albums that I think are are the core of what makes this band important, and they hold up as brilliantly as anybody you care to name from the 80s underground. I don't care who's Mm -hmm. do, the Feelies, uh, any of those groups. This is a song called King of Spain that's the last track on the first Galaxy 500 album from 1988. The record was called Today, and, and you'll hear where they kind of start where the Velvet Underground's third album left off and then take it in a whole new direction. These songs just burn themselves into your memory. The melodies are so instantly hooky and the atmosphere is so unique. Nothing else sounds like a Galaxy 500 record. Here they are on Sound Opinions. 
That's Galaxy 500 with King of Spain from today. Their first album, the first three records were all newly reissued on the 202020 label. We are talking about buried treasures here on Sound Opinions. If you'd like to share yours or comment on anything in the rock world, call 888-859-1800 and leave a message for us to play on the air. You can also email interact at soundopinions.org or talk to us on Facebook or Twitter. We'll be back in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and American Public Media with more undiscovered gems. Then Greg and I will review the new album from the New Pornographers. Welcome back to Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and American Public Media. We are running through our buried treasures. I'm Greg Cott. He is Jim DeRogatis. And my next buried treasure is the group The Fall, which you are now listening to with a song called Mexico Wax Solvent. Typically dense, naughty song title from these guys. British post-punk band formed 34 years ago, Jim. This is their 28th album. So you're wondering why a buried treasure? I mean, they've been around forever. Some people know them. I think not enough people know about these guys. They, they've pretty much been under the mainstream radar since they began. Their music is not for mass consumption. They have a devoted cult following, but outside of that, not many people know who they are. The main character in this band, the one constant since their beginning in 1976, has been the singer, Mark E. Smith. And I look upon him as the English equivalent of Lou Reed. He is the irascible, the caustic, the cryptic voice of his generation and subsequent others. Again, small following, but very devoted. People like P.J. Harvey and Pavement worship at Marky Smith's altar. I'm not sure that first Pavement record could have been made without the influence of the fall. 
they are still going strong. The one thing that I have loved about the fall is that they have remained resolutely themselves throughout that time. And it is mainly Mark E. Smith's vision that keeps him so. He's not much of a singer, but he is witty. The the cut-up wordplay, you know, you might think of an author like uh, William Burroughs when you listen to what he's saying. At first it sounds like nonsense, and then it takes on a life of its own. And the track that I'm going to play is typical of that. He has got a wonderful new band. They've gone through almost as many lineup changes as albums. This latest quintet that he has, which includes his wife Elena Plou on keyboards, is one of his best. And the rhythm section just really lets it rip. Smith sounds like he's waking up out of a drunken stupor as this song begins. And then he gathers himself. And you hear just the anger rise up in his voice. And he starts to make some sort of sense. You're not really quite sure what he's talking about. But he's really ticked off at something. And it has a it has a momentum all its own that you get caught up in. I think the band is there. Marky Smith gets caught up in it. Pretty soon the listener is too. Let's see if you feel the same way. Here's a track called OFYC Showcase from the latest fall album, Your Future, Our Clutter. And that's the phrase that you're going to hear repeated throughout that chorus. Your Future, Our Clutter on Sound Opinions. There goes old Chilo. There goes... That is OFYC Showcase by The Fall on Sound Opinions. Greg, nicely done. I sympathize with people, though, who've been intrigued by The Fall but can't (laughs) become fans. Because, you know, those 28 albums, it's tough. Where do you even start? And they're not all brilliant. Yeah, there's some some dreck in the, the false catalog. La- I think this latest one is the, the best they've done in a decade. In fact, I think the best one since the infotainment scan, which came out in the early 90s. So it's it's well worth picking up. All right, Greg says you want to introduce yourself to the false, start with the present. 
I'm going to do one more Buried Treasure, Greg, before we get on to uh, reviewing the new pornographers. This is a band that's coming to the end of its career, Puerto Muerto. They've been buzzing around the underground scene in the U.S. since 2001, I guess was the big breakthrough record, Your Bloated Corpse Has Washed Ashore. (laughs) A colorful title, if ever there is one, and it fits the music. But they've really been big in the U.K. The British really embrace this Chicago duo, vocalist and percussionist Krista Meyer and her longtime husband, guitarist vocalist Tim Kelly. This album is different. It's the last, as I said, that this duo is going to do. It was being made in the process of of their marriage being unmade. We have talked from time to time about the great divorce albums in in pop history. Here, My Dear by Marvin Gaye or uh, Shoot Out the Lights by Richard and Linda Thompson, where you can literally hear a relationship unraveling, especially, you know, Richard and Linda Thompson made music together Mm -hmm. and, and they're making music together, but they're pulling apart. That's what's happening on this incredible final record from Puerto Muerto, drumming for pistols. I'm going to play the title track. It's not an easy listen album, but it's a beautiful one and it's very moving, very emotional. They capture a vibe on this record that's truly extraordinary. I mean, kind of a Nick Cave at at his rootsiest moment or Tom Waits, except I don't like Tom Waits, but I love (laughs) this band. Here's the title track, Drumming for Pistols by Puerto Muerto on Sound Opinions. You were tragically frozen atop my sad little runaway train. You thought that you'd reach to the sky, but now you remain unchanged. The pleasure you once thought was yours is squandered as light hits the blind. And the lies that you tell to the sea are carried away with me. Drumming for, drumming for, drumming for pistols, I'm drumming for. Drumming for pistols, I'm drumming and drumming and drumming away to the sea. Drumming for, drumming for, drumming for pistols, I'm drumming for, drumming for, drumming for pistols, I'm drumming and drumming and drumming away to the sea. The cracked little smiles of the weak used to pleasure a terrible soul. The fights of the dogs down the street would fill your merciless mind. Drumming for pistols and drumming for pistols and drumming and drumming and drumming away to the sea. 
That is Puerto Muerto drumming for pistols, the title track from their final album. Greg, you have one more buried treasure for us. I do, Jim. The band is the Dum Dum Girls. Uh, nice reference there. They got me immediately because you know, anytime you're referencing an Iggy Pop song, Dum Dum Boys, uh, <laughs> you're you're halfway there. Now the music has to deliver, and it does. This band basically is the brainchild of Dee Dee Penny, a musician based in Los Angeles, who put out a couple of vinyl-only limited-run releases in the last couple of years, got a lot of notice on the indie underground scene, hooked up with Sub Pop Records and producer Richard Goderer. Richard Goderer is one of those new wave demigods. He worked with Blondie back in the day. Mm -hmm. Most recently, he's been working with the Ravenettes. Now he's working with Dum Dum Girls. And he gives those great songs that D.D. Penny writes that new wave sheen, and it really gives him a lot of power and punch. Penny has expanded the lineup. It's an all-female quartet now. It includes, on drums, Frankie Rose, a founding member of the Vivian Girls, a previous guest on Sound Opinions. And it's a wonderful record. Jay La La is a song I'm going to play. Really dark theme, if you think about it. It's about spending a night in jail. It's not, so, not such a happy time, but it's got this great, exuberant melody over the top. Dum Dum Girls with Jay La La on Sound Opinions. Oh, God, on, how did I get here? I do not know. I just woke up at the strange show. This woman's clearly out of her mind. She's covered in La La from the Dum Dum Girls I Will Be album, one of my buried treasures. If you want to review all of our buried treasures from this show, visit us online at soundopinions.org. That is Valkyrie and the Roller Disco, a new song from the New Pornographers, uh, their fifth studio album together. A band that we've had on Sound Opinions in the past, a septet out of Vancouver, started by one A.C. Newman in the early part of this decade, a supergroup of sorts. They weren't 
supergroup personalities when they started this band, but since then, Newman, the founder of the band, has gone on to have a much-noted career, not only with the New Pornographers, but with his own solo records. One of the vocalists in this band, one of the regulars, happens to be Nico Case, who's done a pretty fair job of defining a solo career for herself. And the second songwriter in this band behind Newman is a man named Dan Behar, who happens to front the band Destroyer. So you've got three major personalities in indie rock in this band coming together every year or two to make a new record. As I said, Together is their fifth studio record. Let's play a track from it before we review it. It's called Crash Years from the New Pornographers on Sound Opinions. That is The Crash Years by the new pornographers from their new album, Together, here on Sound Opinions. I feel like the guy who's going to say, I don't like ice cream. Like, who doesn't <laughs> like ice cream, right? I feel like the guy who's going to, like, go kick the puppy. Who could be mean to a puppy, yeah. all right? I have liked a lot of what this band has done, but on album number five, I really sense this group running out of steam. Hmm. Dan Behar has long provided some of the most interesting moments in new pornographers' recordings. He is consumed with Destroyer. Nico Case not only is really busy being Nico Case, she's on the new Jacob Dylan album, backing him up, Mm -hmm. and always has a bunch of other projects as well. I don't sense a lot of energy or inspiration going into this record. It's another pretty power pop record. It's got whistling, it's got tambourine, <laughs> it's got lots of la-la-la-las, and, you know, what it doesn't have is strong songs, or much of a sense of, of group feeling. I, I think the pornographers, what was initially a party, let's come together and celebrate the power pop effervescence we love, has turned into another paycheck every couple of years. Let's put out another album, let's do another tour. Is Behar going to be in the band? No. Is Nico Case available? Probably not. And then it's like, 
AC Newman leading a bunch of other people who weren't on the record. But he also puts out AC Newman records. I don't know. They've lost the plot. I'm I'm gonna say on the buy it, burn it, trash it scale, I really am not enjoying this album at all. It's right on the cusp of a trash it, eh, burn it only if you've loved the other records. Wow, you're having a bad week, huh? No, no, I had to not enjoy this record. I'm loving all those buried treasures. I'm tired of the new pornographers. Time to retire, folks. Uh, are you say that together the album title is meant ironically? Uh they're not really yes. together as yeah. a band? This has the feel you know how like yes in the later yeah. part of its career. One guy was in Switzerland, one guy was in the Bahamas, another guy was in the UK, and they would mail each other's parts on 24-track tape to each other. You know, that's, yeah. They're like not even in the same universe. It, it doesn't feel like a patchwork to me, though. I mean, to my, to my mind, that would have been a record that sounds all over the place, and this one feels very much a, of a piece. I mean, I think that's the great trick of the new pornographers is that each one of their records has sounded like it was created by a band rather than just being a series of star turns for, for people who are genuine stars. I mean, Nico Case could probably stamp her foot down and said, I want five solo pieces on this next record, or I'm not playing with you. I'm taking my ball and going home. She doesn't do that. She melds in with the rest of the band and creates a very much a record that is devoted to the songs rather than the personalities. So maybe that's what you're thinking. Okay, the personalities aren't shining here. I think the one thing that if, if there is a fault with the new pornographers is that Newman's lyrics are so oblique that it's really difficult to tell what he's singing about sometimes and, and to get that sort of emotional connection that you want out of a lyricist. But in terms of the music itself, I think it's, you know, typically beautiful, exuberant pop record. There are more strings on this record, and I think they're deployed really well. Again, a very solid record for them. I think if there's a problem, it's like they made five really good records, and maybe people are saying, well, we kind of get it. You know, we kind of get what these guys are about, and I could see that. Maybe on the sixth record, they got to move on to something else. But I'm still in the buy-it camp with the new pornographers. Well, I'm leaving you there alone, Greg. <laughs> what do we have on the show next week? Jim, next week we have a fabulous trio from England making all sorts of noise on the underground and now playing the festival circuit. They're in for an interview and a live performance, the XX. Greg, as always, we have some thank yous to say on the way out. Sound Opinions is produced by Jason Saldana and Robin Lynn, and our executive producer is Tori Southside Malatia. The three of them made a lip sync video to telephone, <laughs> but trust me, that one you don't want to see. On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. Now it's time to hear what you have to say. New messages. Hey, Jim and Greg, this is Martin calling from the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Uh, thanks for playing the, the Bjork cut, Oh So Quiet. One thing to remember, though, is the, the arranger. The arranger of that tune was Diodato, famous for his disco version of uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey. But give the, give the arranger his due. He made that, that tune sound like it was coming right off of a Broadway stage, Busby Berkeley and all. Diodato, back from the crypt.
till it's over and then Hey guys, this is Dan in Chicago. I just listened to your uh, podcast with the big record reviews. And I have one comment about the LCD Sound System Brian Eno connection. I think there's definitely Brian Eno there, but I don't think it's as much Roxy music as it is the second, third, and fourth Talking Heads albums. Specifically, the great curve from Remain the Light. I feel like a lot of music, starting with uh, Radiohead, OK Computer, or... Kid A really came out of these three Talking Heads albums, uh, especially with the percussive rhythmic, global jams and all of that. So uh, give it a listen. Uh, let me know what you think. Thanks. Sometimes the world has a load of questions. Seems like the world knows nothing at all. The world is near, but it's out of reach. Some people touch it, but they can't hold on. listen to your interview with Kanan. Unbelievable. Couldn't ask for a better interview from a more reflective intellectual who has come from a different country, up through Canada, into the United States, and is a genuine success story with a wonderful message. Thank you very much, and uh, have a great day. Bye-bye. When I get older, I will be stronger. They'll call me freedom. like a Hello, this is Maria. I'm calling from Chicago, and I listen to WBEZ. I'm just calling to say how much I enjoyed your interview and discussion with Kanan. Um, I also listen to some of your calls, and I know people want to hear more rock, which I do too, but I just want you to know that you're my connection to modern music. I'm a retired college English professor, and my Saturdays would not be complete without listening to you guys. So thanks very much. And for those extremists, I would appreciate hearing what they want to hear as well. Take care. Bye-bye. more messages. To give us your opinion on Sound Opinions, call our hotline, 1-888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media.